So in this week's episode, we're going to be discussing how to make your role more appealing um, from an employer's side of things. So to kick it off, let's talk about benefits. Yes. So obviously benefits is something that it really does depend on the person what would be a benefit to them. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think to make your role more appealing, it needs to be good benefits. It needs to be the right benefits. So you can't just reel off a list of classic dated sort of benefits free roll on a monday yeah you know that's that's really not going to push someone over the line to to apply there (laughs) definitely not somewhere else i think you know for the sort of hiring managers the people who are making the decisions within the company when they start their recruitment process they really need to have a think about what they can offer to make it more appealing so for those benefits have conversations with your team. Yeah. Ask them, you know, what would be good for you? Because, you know, there have been things. I saw something on LinkedIn the other day from another company who decided to swap out their sort of health and well-being yeah. voucher for fuel allowance instead. And, yeah. you know, that had a really good response within the company because it's about the things that matter most, especially in this economy. There are certain yeah. things that really do make a difference and for people. I think it's sort of looking at them, like you say, speaking to your team is really important. And I'd almost say making sure that that, that benefits package is regularly being updated. Yes. Because now that, that fuel voucher now it will be really helping people. But I mean, we're all praying that fuel prices are going to come down <laughs> and then it might be more relevant for another kind of benefit yeah. to be given. But if you're in tune and in touch with your team, they're the best ones to be able to tell you what they need, not a standardised list of like private health insurance and unlimited holidays and stuff, because it's it, it's it has to be relevant to like the company as well. I mean, we were discussing if we had unlimited holiday as recruiters, it, it would be no one would want to use it. Yeah, because, it wouldn't be utilised. The benefits need to be utilised. Yeah, and because half the time when we're on holiday, we're still conscious of the fact that we want to bill and we yeah. want to keep in touch with our clients and our candidates and stuff. So it really does have to be relevant to that company. Otherwise, you're yeah. going to be offering out a list of benefits and your candidates or your potential employees are going to be reading them like, great, that, that's really not relevant to me. That's, that's shown me that you don't actually really care that much about the kind of person that you're trying to attract definitely and I think you know sort of similarly your salary needs to actually be a benefit to the candidate it can't just be the base salary it really needs to be a competitive salary to give you that edge for you to be able to sort of bring in the best candidates so to be able to do that it's really important to like research the market you know not just your competitors have a think about all the companies in your area all the companies in that field and see what other people are offering and you need to at least match that if not offer something a little bit more yeah and I think that is really important especially like we've said with the current economic climate money talks and it's a big thing and you can't get someone to do the role for less money yeah. you can't get something for nothing and it's almost quite I've spoken to some candidates and you sort of talk about salaries and they're like I've almost been insulted previously yeah. by people offering pittance for what for the role that they want to be sort of being done so I think salary is is definitely an important one to make your role more appealing and it sounds basic but like sort of pop your hours of work on there yeah even if it's a rough outline of what hours are sort of expected I mean everyone has a an official amount of hours and then an unofficial amount of hours that worked but I think it is really important to sort of 
put that guideline out there so that people know what they're coming into yeah. and what sort of what sort of culture they're they're entering and to offer flexible hours because yeah. some people they do have the school run and they have different things going on so i think you know now i'm seeing it more and more companies are offering flexible working hours you don't have yeah. to do the nine to five some people they might need to do 8 30 to 4 30 they yeah. might need to do 9 30 to 5 30 i think you know it really doesn't make much difference to the company themselves if someone's coming in half an hour earlier and leaving half an hour earlier. No, definitely not. As long as they're getting their work done, I don't really think that the nine-to-five necessarily needs to be as sort of structured and rigid as it's always been. And one model that I like that I've seen, I've seen in quite a few clients now, is they have their core hours of working. So you have to work eight hours a day. And, like, you have to be online between, say, 10 and 2. Right, yeah. But you can work the rest of the hours whenever you need to. So if you want to log on at 6 a.m. before the kids are up, do a couple of hours, then take them to school, come home or go into the office or do whatever. So, like, the flexibility thing is, is, um, is a big one for making it more appealing. Yeah, and I think as well, obviously, we've touched on it loads before, but, you know, the working arrangement, so offering hybrid, remote sort of... um, arrangements for for your future employees I think that makes it more appealing because you know I I've had candidates who are accepting a job that's less paid than another job just because it offers hybrid so I think you know now that is something obviously we've done a whole episode on it so if you haven't listened have a listen to that yeah but um you know that does definitely make it more appealing definitely that's just the world we live in now like people want it so you've got to give it as much as you might not agree with it it is something that that definitely should be looked at and I think that, that sort of links in nicely to to looking at your company culture and sort of how you're portraying that portraying your sort of company with a brand yes. is so important nowadays Definitely. so building up an online presence um sort of really showing what you're all about as a company yeah. is i mean i know we've both said that we before we joined selling Wilmington, we looked online to see sort of what was going on and and what the people were like and did I mean did that help sort of yeah. settle your thoughts? I mean, for me, that was probably the ultimate thing more than anything else we've mentioned. That made the role appealing for yeah. me. You know, I looked Agreed. before I even came to the interview. I looked at all the marketing. I looked at the TikTok. I looked at the Instagram. I looked at the LinkedIn. And you know, seeing a real insight into the company because it's yeah. you know it's easy to reel off a list of things and benefits and a job description but you know if you're actually seeing it being brought to life by the marketing team within a company it really gives you an insight of what your day-to-day is going to be like for me you know I now that I'm in the company and I'm looking at my day-to-day it's no different to what the marketing team portrayed it as before I even came to my interview and I think that's so important because it's almost like you're selling because on a job advert or when you're sort of speaking to someone about a job there's only so much you can get out about the company but if your company is already known for having this great presence and sort of giving a real insight into your culture then already people are going to be attracted they're going to be one of the questions that we ask candidates is tell me any companies you want to work for if you're out there and you've got your brand and it's spot on people are going to be like I want to work for them because I want to be part of that culture and I I think that is a really really important thing to sort of making the role appealing some companies will put you know we're a fun vibrant team but you can't tell. Yeah. And, you know, of course they're going to say they're a fun vibrant Everyone's, team. Everyone's yeah. going to be a fun But they're probably team. not. You'll probably come in and, you know, head down all day, not chat to any of your colleagues yeah. and, and just not really feel stimulated at all. But, you know, for me going into this, I was able to actually see, no, it is a fun vibrant team. Yeah. And now I'm here. I'm like, this is brilliant. You know, I've yeah. bought into it. And 
that promise has been fulfilled. So I think it's show that your company is unique, show what the company culture is like, but yeah. just make sure that you actually follow through with that and that you're not selling lies Definitely. because then you're going to have problems with retention. Yeah, and I think a good way of doing it is as well as putting like case studies and things on, like Aldi yeah. do it, McDonald's do it, and yeah. sort of like a, a day in the life. I mean, we do it, a day in the life of, of what the role is and what yeah. you're doing so that people can see before they apply exactly what they're going to be getting involved in. You can almost then imagine yourself there. And once you start imagining yourself in a role, yeah. it, it really sort of makes... It's sold, it, Yeah, it? it drives your passion. Yeah. You're like, I really want to be part of that. Yeah. So I think it is definitely super important. Yeah, and I think going alongside the sort of company culture theme, once you're interviewing a candidate, yes. you need to make sure that that personality that you're promising mm. is actually coming across at the interview stage. Obviously, interviews do need to be a certain degree of formal and you do need to have certain conversations. But, you know, a candidate doesn't want to be talking to a robot. No. They want to feel that they are also buying into you as a person and that you're bringing that company culture through your personality yeah. when you're interviewing. And them. I think and, if, and sort of on a flip side of that is the client wants, not the client, the candidate wants to know that as the client, you're invested in learning yes. more about them. So be asking them questions that are personable to their CV and their experience, not just your questions that you've printed off Google five minutes beforehand. Yeah. Like, make it interesting, make it fun. Because if you go to an interview and you literally feel like you're just a number in a line of people, you're not like you're not going to want to go for the role yeah. and you're not going to get more people into the company. And I think that that follows through for the entire recruitment process. Yeah. I know I've spoken to candidates that have gone all the way through. They've loved the company. They've loved the interview process. All has gone well. They've gone in and they've started the onboarding process and they hate it because there are people there aren't sort of promising um, delivering what they've promised and it's not anything like it was sold to them originally no, exactly. so I think it's it, it sort of links back to the whole culture thing and ensuring that you follow through yeah. on sort of the promises that you're making and I think it's important as well to acknowledge that you know work isn't everything so obviously that company culture and people getting along is really important yeah. I think it's important for them to do things as a team to team building exercises whether it's yes. you know you go abroad once a year together or you know you go on a big activity day or big barbecues or whatever it is that you do maybe at the end of the year or every quarter just to really have that team building especially if you know you're on a hybrid structure. I think it's yeah. important for the team to get together every now and then. Definitely. Everyone's in person, everyone's engaging. And just to show that it's not all about work, that everyone actually gets along outside of work and on yeah. a personal level. And I think when you're outside of the work environment as well, whether it be hybrid or whether it, it'd be in the office all the time, everyone is themselves then. Yeah. And it shows because you spend more time um, with people at work than you and your own family. Yeah, So exactly. you, you need to be promoting the fact that as an employer, you encourage that culture of a team, of a, of a family sense almost. Yeah. And I think it's really by having those, like you say, sort of like trips, holidays, barbecues and stuff, it is something that you can really sell your company with. And Absolutely. I think sort of like talking about letting your candidates know about your business and things. Another thing, like when we go out and visit clients, before we take on the role because then we can really sort of pick up on things that maybe you might not think are individual as an employer yeah but we can pick up on the working environment on 
on sort of the even like the office environment and things yeah definitely um and, and that can definitely make your role more more appealing yeah and i mean i think ultimately to make your role more appealing you need to find out about what's going wrong so you yeah. need to have a look at your retention find out why people are leaving what's not working for people um and realistically those issues need to be addressed before you start recruiting so even 100%. if you don't have any active yeah. vacancies you do need to be forward thinking because you will eventually have a vacancy yeah. so as a company you need to think right what normally goes wrong what isn't working for people what aren't people enjoying so much why are we losing people to competitors yeah. just really have I suppose almost an audit of them as a company um, what they offer what their roles entails and why they're not quite you know grasping it almost. yeah exactly yeah. so I think if all those issues are looked at and resolved before the recruitment process then you'll know how to make your role more appealing because you know yeah. what's not working and what you should do and to solve that and I think it's important to do that throughout not obviously just when new roles arise constantly be speaking to your employees yes like your current employees to find out like you say what they do like what they don't like what they wish they had because that's how you're going to attract more people in. I mean, the candidate market is changing all the time. And with new generations coming through, people are expecting different things. So you have to keep up to date with it. It's not like, like we've said earlier, it, it's not a nine to five, Monday to Friday no. world anymore. No. Like that's just gone. And it, it is really about being adaptable and, and speaking to your employees um, and finding out what they want. Yeah, just be transparent and be willing to address the problems. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Next week, we'll be talking everything to do with the rising cost of living, redundancies and the current job market.